Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Hello, thank you for downloading part two of this week's Socially Distant Sports Bar. We split it up, the podcast, between part one and part two. So as you've downloaded part two, you need to ask yourself the key question. Did I listen to part one this week? Because, best will in the world, there will be some back references to part one. That's why it's part two. Can you watch The Godfather part two without watching The Godfather part one? Arguably, yes. Is The Godfather part two better than The Godfather Part 1? Arguably, yes. It makes a lot more sense if you watch The Godfather Part 1 first, but I think Godfather Part 2 is probably better. Feel free to disagree with me. I don't. I won't engage with you on social media. Mike might, Ellis might. I definitely won't. I would listen to Part 1 first, but what you need to take from that Godfather example is that Part 2 is often better than Part 1. Okay, so every Friday Part 2 lands, every Wednesday Part 1 lands. If you haven't listened to Part 1, scroll back. Scroll back and listen to part one. If you would like the podcast without those annoying adverts, okay, the bits where you get a little bit of the secret guitarist and then in comes an advert. If you don't like that part and you want to do it without adverts, there is a way. Go to patreon.com slash distantpod. Have a look at the levels there. If you pay a little fee per month, you get ad-free episodes. You also get them with extra content. So bonus content is available to you. It's about half an hour every week, I would say. Sometimes 45, sometimes more, but around about half an hour. And also, crucially, you get the episode in full, not split into part one and part two. So like Francis Ford Coppola went back and hopefully ignored Godfather part three, but jammed parts one and part two together and published them together. If you're so attached to Spotify that you cannot be separated from it, go to Spotify, search for the Social Distance Sports Bar Extra. There is a little fee option on there where you can pay for the bonus content, the ad-free episodes and get it in your inbox every Tuesday. If you want to come and see us live, we've done a few live ones this year. We did the Cardiff International Arena. We did a couple uh, in London at King's Place. We're doing another London show, part of Podcast Show Live. It's on the 22nd of May, Islington Assembly Hall. Have a look at the first link that's on this episode description and that will take you directly there. If you would like to see us generally, 
We did a TV show for the guys at BT Sport that is still available for you to watch. It's called Down the Clubhouse. If you have a look again on the episode description, click on that. That will take you to there. If you have BT Sport already and you've never watched Down the Clubhouse, shame on you. (laughs) If you enjoy this podcast, you will love that TV show. So have a look at it. Have a watch. Enjoy yourselves. And sit back now, relax, and enjoy part two of this week's episode. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Documentary time for this week on the Socially Distant Sports Bar. Mike's your choice this time. Right, so this is one that I was going to pick anyway at some point, but Al suggested I pick this one because uh, you know, we've, we've all got places to be. Al's got his... Uh, you watching the football today, Al? I'm good, yeah. Cardiff with Al's, uh, playing Latvia Cardiff today. I've got my Cardiff gig, which is going to be half empty, even though it's sold out because everyone's watching the Latvia game. Oh, I'll make Dan's going, by the way. Dan, is he? Dan texted me this morning. And said, you go to Mike's gig. You were, you were a real friend. I went, no, I'll go to the Wales game. He, was like, yeah, of course <laughs> he, went, he went, oh, yeah, so, Sophie's choice, I guess. <laughs> I was like, yeah, kind of, Mike, kind of. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. good. So we picked the short one, and this is a short one. It's BBC Wales documentary. It's about a fellow I've met a couple of times, and it's as lovely as you'd think it's going to be. This is about Glenn Webb. <laughs> Glenn, is it true you once played against the old blacks? And when they finished doing the hacker, you did the hokey cokey. Yeah, that was the hacker cookie. <laughs> Webb into the 22. He's missed by Howard Evans. He's going to score. There are heroes. There are cult heroes. Then there are people like Glenn Webb. Never was a silver spoon given to Glenn in this in this rugby world. He had to work and train and fight for every every step he ever took on a rugby field. You look at Glenn's record for Bridget, and it is just astonishing. And what a legend he was at that club, how, how much of a fan's favourite it was. It wasn't about just about the way he played. He was a massive character. Glenn Webb, the newcomer, scores his sixth try of the season. And it deserves the applause. And it deserves the applause. So, Glenn, are you a rebel? No, I'm not a rebel, not a rebel at all. No, I suppose I rebelled against some things which um, I felt 
I was being slighted about, but I was never a rebel. You listen to podcasts, and I have been for for a while. Lots of themes in this that that will ring true. Lots of reasons why I'm sure you can guess that I I liked watching it. Not least of all, towards the end of the doc, spoiler alert, the fella sat next to Glenn Webb mm. at Canter Rugby Club is none other than Tops off Vic. Yes. Because uh, Vic was his youth rugby coach at Canton. Yeah. So when they talk about the doc about him trying to, they're trying to get him to go to Cardiff, that started at quite a young age. But he wanted to stay at Canton because he liked, he liked the setup, he liked the club, he liked his mates. I love this documentary. Glenn's comes across really well in it. I can remember watching him. I remember going to watch him play. You should have had more caps today, I definitely. 100%. It's a shame he was the same position as Ian Evans, wasn't he? Which is which is what's difficult. Two really top-class wingers in the same position. Exactly, and Hadley was a cracking winger as well during that era. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, I think these days with more games and the internationals and exactly. squad rotation, you'd have had a lot more games, a lot more caps. Yeah. Yeah, we did have a bit of a glut of, uh, of good wingers then, but he's certainly one of them. Oh, God, a brilliant yeah. player. Yeah. So the, the narrator is, is a proper Cardiff accent. The drone yeah, shots yeah. Of, of Cardiff, I love. Cardiff back in the 80s and that, and, and uh, the Brewfield and Bridgend. Um, Glenn himself. It's a great ground, isn't it? Isn't it lovely? It is. Yeah, that's a proper rugby ground. Do you know what? We'll we'll try and change talk about this. I'll I'll, I'll probably skip back and forth on things, but talking about the brewery ground there, the brewery field in Progen. You imagine, I'm not going to get down the regions versus club route again, Uh but I'll just say, when Bridgen beat Australia, yeah, and that wasn't a shit Australia team. Well, no, it had the Eller brothers in it. That the Eller brothers were in there. Yeah, that was a proper. Tournament. I mean, that was a test team. Yeah, the Bridgen Rugby Club beat. Yes, yeah, fabulous. He, he's in great nick. When I used to train down at the gym in uh, in Leckwith, he used to do a lot of the box size classes down there. Mm. So I sort of said hello a couple of times. He's in, he's in brilliant shape. Oh yeah, he looks fantastic for his age. Yeah, I didn't realize. I was talking to Vic one day when I was living back in Canton, and he said, "I was I was Glenn's uh, youth coach." And I said, "Really?" I said, "What was he like?" He said, "Oh, great." Not a great kid. And then one day we're out the front garden and Glenn Webb just walks past because he was in the area. He always said, whenever he's in the area, he pops in to see Vic and see how he's doing. And oh, that's cool. So we had a chat with him then. The shit he's been through. Yes. Because I, I mentioned, because Ben said to me this morning, before I watched a documentary this morning, he said, was he the first black player to play for Wales? I said, no, there's a fellow called Mark Brown. I said, he never gets mentioned. Who everyone's forgotten about, yeah. And they mentioned Mark Brown in this. So yeah, he, he, never, gets, he, never, he never gets mentioned. So Glenn was the second black player. But Caroline said, and we talk about women's football as well, women's sport, it's, it's hard to be what you can't see. Yes. So growing up in the 70s, it was completely white rugby yes. in this country. Completely white. And even in my school, I was just thinking, you know, all through school rugby, until I got to play for the school first team, and there's a kid the year below me called Kyle, who's still a mate of mine, who, who then played in the team with me. He was the first black kid I played rugby with. Right, okay. And that was, that was in a school of 1,800 kids, yeah. 1,800 yeah, boys. Yeah, my school was entirely white. Yeah. You know, so it just... Yeah, I was going to say, Newport School's been the only time I played with any black players. Yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah we, so all the, all, the, all the things are in your way as a, as, a, as a young player to try and achieve what you want to achieve in the game. He's got all that to deal with anyway, all the stuff that everyone else has to deal with, plus the fact that the only black player, plus the fact that it was still, you know, I'm not saying racism's gone away either, but no, there was, it was certainly worse then. And Canton was an unfashionable team. He starts off right at the beginning, he said, I grew up a part of a car called Ely. Um, the rough part of Ely. Yeah. Ely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that is good. Because it's a really tough place. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, a lot of, it's, it's, a, it's a tough place to grow up. And he was one of eight kids, mm. seven sisters in him. Mm. And the only black kid in most of his classes in school. Yeah. The only black kid in most of his rugby teams, obviously. Yeah. Lovely photograph of that Welsh baseball team. Yes. At the beginning. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
with the old triangular bats. Nice. Yeah, like that. Yeah, so when he gets in, gets in the team as a young, as a, gets in the Welsh youth team, they've got a staff figure. People don't think he should go because he's black. That was fascinating, I thought. Yeah. Imagine being told by, I'm not saying what people should and shouldn't do, but he would have made his own decisions about that, his own mind about it. You're some white protester at Califas Park mm. trying to make Glenn Webb feeling bad about going to South Africa because of apartheid. What's interesting is making him feel bad about going there, but not the white players. I thought that was yeah. the nuance I didn't quite understand. Yeah, that's what, that's what I mean. I just was either either you don't think the tour should happen, which would mm, yeah. buy it's double standards, which of which there are load yeah. talked about in this documentary. I, it's, yes. it's really fascinating. There's a lovely bit there where they're in South Africa, they're playing. And he's obviously playing well. And uh, they're in a restaurant. Yes. He's just not getting served. You know, what's going on? And eventually they say, we don't, we don't serve black people in this restaurant. Yeah. So the coach gets up and says, okay, well, if it's not good enough for Glenn, it's not good enough for any of us. Yeah. I love yeah, that. Yeah. And the whole squad get up and leave. Yeah. And he got really emotional about that. And I was quite yeah, emotional did. watching it. Yeah. I, I thought that was, you know, that says a lot about whoever that youth team coach was. Yeah. Yeah. And team spirit and all the all the things we talk about, you know, because that, that you had a real bond after that, wouldn't you? Yes. When you know you're one of the boys and you're one of the team and you're accepted by everybody. He's a very forgiving bloke, isn't he? he oh, hugely so. It's called um, Rugby Rebel. And he says, well, I'm not a rebel. He said, I, you know, I rebelled against certain things. Yes. I wouldn't call myself a rebel. Yeah. He's much more forgiving than I think I would have been. There's, yes. that, there's that bit when they played my stag and it said the fella, I, I, I touched on it earlier in the pod. Mm. Imagine some prick throws a banana at him on the pitch. Yeah. yeah. And he says, well, I just peeled it, bit a bit off and threw it into the crowd. And they were like, and they, you know, the Mystake fans loved it. I thought, yeah, but that's you're being too kind there, Glenn. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because someone should have clipped that twat who did that, and he should have been dragged out of the ground. But that didn't happen because that would have been, you know. Yeah, I find that interesting that his sort of his thought process is that he only ever wanted it to go, for want of a better phrase, surface level. He didn't want it to yeah, go sure anywhere. I'm sure, who knows, isn't it? But I like the fact that he well, he certainly didn't want that guy to think that it went any deeper than that. Mm. So I guess, but then, then, then and you wouldn't but you wouldn't meet a nicer fella either. He's but that's also a, an individual reaction. So there's another black wing who played for Cardiff called Gerald Cordell, yeah, who was yeah. given racist that's abuse and does. jumped into the crowd and ginned someone. You wouldn't want to get it by Gerald Cordell either. Neither of those reactions is right or wrong because, mm. say, you face some discrimination for being white, and I did. Our reactions would be different. Ellis's yeah. reaction would be different. Mm. Do you remain know I mean? So I think that having you know, two black wings. There's a bit there. Having different reactions. Well, of course they will. They've got different experiences and different personalities. Yeah. And I know it's a, it's a phrase that gets banded around a lot these days about ownership. But he says, well, I could decide to be offended by it or yeah. not offended by it. I'll decide that. Yeah, exactly. That's, yeah. And I, I thought, fair play to you, mate. But I think that's really important. And that's part of the discussion that doesn't really land all the time. It's only a kick. A jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com.
Glenn clearly is um, is not a particularly hot-headed bloke, I don't think. Because mm. I think plenty of people, no matter what the prejudice is, when they hear a word, they're immediately triggered by it yeah. because of their experiences. Glenn's an interesting one because his playing career coincides with a couple of years where I was absolutely obsessed with the Welsh rugby team. Yeah. So I thought he'd played a bigger role than he had because I remember the 8 World Cup. I remember him playing in 88 and I, he only got 10 caps, which I was quite surprised at. Yeah. I remember him being a really, really top player and an exciting player to watch. And it is a shame that him and Yayan were both fighting for the same spot because they're both such top wingers. His record at Bridgend is fantastic. You know, the amount of tries he scored, oh, 266 yeah. tries. That World Cup, so he, like I said, him and Yayan are going for the same position. You know, he scores a couple of tries in the first game, they put Glenn in the second game. Mm. He scores two tries in the game, then gets concussed. Really I was watching some of those hits going in, Jesus Christ, mm. against Tonga. Mm. He is sparked out cold. And this is just different times back then. He gets the old smell insults and gets back on his feet. He's got no idea where he is. Doesn't just stay in the game. That third try is by far the best of the three tries. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But when he puts the ball down and he turns around, he doesn't know where he is. No, his no. eyes have completely gone. But the commentator yeah. says, oh, I still don't think he's right. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they were the day with the times. We're seeing the bloody the repercussions of that now, obviously. Yeah. But they says go back in the change room and they, and they say because because of the concussion he's got to go home. Yeah. Well, there's a double standard again. He said, well, so I was okay to stay on the field and score a try. Yeah. Make sure we win. And now I've got to go back to Bridgen. Yeah. And I thought that was, you know, obviously these days concussion protocols. He wouldn't have been able to play the rest of that World Cup anyway, probably. Mm. But in those days, that wasn't that wasn't the case. Mm. So they, yeah. the committee would have decided, well, you've got to go home now. Yeah. That, who's the fellow? Is it Bill Griffiths? Who's the old, um, who passed away, the old Bridgen coach? I'm not sure. If I get his name wrong, I do apologise. Yeah. He, he passed away just after they made this documentary. What a lovely old fellow he was. Yeah. Well. He talks about the professional attitude, even though you weren't getting paid to play. Yeah. And you, and you played because you, you loved the game. So he, he would have been doing his double glazing sales and his... Labour on a construction site and training and playing mm. and having a beer. Mm. His hair. Oh, hello. The soul glow. Soul glow look. <laughs> talks about that, doesn't he? he talks about having like the, the moisturiser spray. Yeah, that yeah. He'd carry around with him and spray his hair. And the shorter shorts you get. I'm not with those legs, mate. Don't blame you. Yes. <laughs> he was quick as well, Glenn. Oh, yeah. Great finisher. And a lovely step off both feet as well. Yeah. If you watch it, watch mm. it again. He always had a bit of reputation for having not great hands. But some of those tries were fantastic handling tries. I think that that is a... That was the gloves thing. Was well, that, I, th- was I think it is. I think that there is a natural assumption that because he decided to wear gloves, therefore maybe he couldn't catch without them. And I don't... Okay. You know, I, I just, it's just not true. Which is, I don't have that opinion of Matt Dawson. And he used to wear gloves all the time. I was really, I really wanted those. I was yeah, same. 14, 15 same. When, he was, when he was playing for Wales. Yeah, I, I loved the NFL. Yeah. And he had like those receiver gloves yeah. on the NFL receivers wore. Yeah. yeah. I badly wanted a pair of those. So what I what I did was I got a pair of Go on. I got a right-handed and left-handed golf glove. Amazing. But they just don't work. I, I can't imagine they would no. I, I No. I don't remember any other player in this era having gloves, unless I'm wrong. At the very start of this. No, I do remember people wearing gloves. It was a big thing, Glenn wearing gloves. He had red and they were were they, were they Newman gloves? I think they were. Oh, were they? I was the make. Yeah. yeah. I was just a big he fan always, of it. He always looked the business. But do you know what? At the time, this, this, because he was in such good nick and he got the dark skin. Yes. That green 87 World Cup shirt looked Looks good on him. wicked on him. Yeah, it. yeah. It does. Looks great on him. Yeah. I didn't like that shirt at all. If you're on some big fat 
white bloke. He looks rubbish. Or <laughs> <laughs> oh, some really fit black bloke. He looks great. <laughs> Gareth Thomas is in there. I'm not sure if it's a complete analogy, but Gareth says it makes an interesting point because obviously Gareth was homosexual. And yes. In the closet. Yeah. He says, I could hide who I was. Yeah, yeah. Glenn couldn't hide who he was. And didn't try to. So that with all the bit with the hair and the, and the earring and the bits, you know, this is who I am. You can, yeah. You can. Yeah. I th- this is what I'm about. I thought that was really, because <laughs> it's really interesting whenever I watch interviews with Gareth, mm. because he's very stream of consciousness. So he will yes. say, he'll, he, I don't think he'll know where that sentence is going to end when he starts <laughs> the sentence. And that's not meant as an insult at all. No, I, no. I think that's what makes him very vulnerable and open when he talks. Yeah. And I think that he's probably developed that in life and he just kind of starts and he goes wherever it goes. And I don't think he knew where that sentence was going, but he's almost choked up at the end of it. So it's it's a genuine feeling that he has that, you know, watching Glenn be himself, Mm. I think part of him wishes he was able to have been himself earlier on. Of course, yeah. And I think that's really, it's just really interesting to listen to. It's a really good perspective on it. I also think with Gareth, because he did have to hide who he was, Mm. For so long, that's immensely stressful and difficult to do, mm. to hide who you are from everyone you know, yeah. from your teammates, from your friends, workmates, because obviously you began in the amateur Your leader. wife. Mm. Your wife. It, the, the, but the, the stress that must put on you is must be immense. And obviously Glenn couldn't, but I think that Gareth probably empathised with Glenn in a, in a way that maybe some players didn't. Mm. And I think stuff like the banana, which nowadays I think we we treat as seriously as we should, but in in the eighties, a lot of people would have brushed that off as the unacceptable side of banter. Yes, because it was just it was a very very different time, and I think that Glenn, I well, there's a John Barnes kicking off the pitch. Yeah, he just oh, comes across as such a forgiving man in this documentary, and I think he he didn't get the caps he deserved, mm. partly because. No one ended up with loads of caps in those days because he only really played in the Five Nations and then you know the odd, the odd game against a Southern Hemisphere team. Yes, and South Africa weren't part of it, so he was it was Australia or New Zealand. I hadn't realised also that he had the slight reputation for being a rebel. I didn't remember that, so I, f- I found this a really really interesting watch. It's interesting because you, you you've got to sort of I think contextualise not just within Wales, I think within Northern Hemisphere rugby. Chris Oti would have been. Yeah, not not the England, first yeah. black player to play for England because there was a guy called, I think he was called Jim Peters or James Peters, sort of back in the 20s. But, you know, OT hadn't played for England by the time that no. Glenn played. 80, 80 he played, wasn't it? Okay, 80, cool. I think. Right. Yeah. And I, I love the point that um, Karen and Hit makes that we are so shit at a diversity within rugby in Wales still that up until very recently, people thought that Glenn Webb was the first black player to yeah, play for Wales, yeah, yeah. even though there was a guy called Mark Brown who played a couple of seasons before. Yeah, in 1983, Mark yeah. Brown was playing for Wales. People just didn't reckon, forgot about it, or whatever it is, but that inherent institutional... I think he was mixed race, wasn't he, Mark Brown? Was yeah. Mixed race. I think the institutional racism there is obvious, yeah? I think yeah, that's yeah. that's the problem. And that's what Glenn would have had to experience. All the team photos that Glenn's in, maybe bar one, he's the only black player there. Yeah, yeah absolutely. The thing with uh, 
Glenn as well. I read an interview with him and he said, you know, was I overlooked by the WRU because of the colour of my skin? Mm. Well, it's difficult to say. And also David Bishop was overlooked far more than I was and he was a great player. And you think, bloody hell, you're a very, you're, you're such a forgiving bloke, Glenn. He, he, I think he's got every right to be bitter. Mm. And yet he doesn't seem to be at all. Where does he get you? That's the thing, isn't it? I mean, yeah. like I would be. It would, it would eat me up. Mm. But, he, but he's, yeah, he's, that's the way he's dealing with it. Carly made a good point early on, or the, or the makers made a point early on about all the best black players in the generation before that knew they had no chance playing for Wales. Yeah. So they went, so Billy Boston went north and, you know, yes. went north. Yeah. And I always wonder why he didn't get an, an invite to go north. And of course he did. Yes, that's, yeah. that's the, yeah. Because he was desperate of, to play for his country. Lots of offers to go north. Yeah. There's that interview where he says, yeah, but I really want to play for Wales. Yes. And on the Ebony show. Yeah. If I yeah. lose out on 30 grand because I played for Wales, it'd be worth it. You're like, that's, he's saying that in 1984 when 30,000 quid was a, Huge amount of money. Yeah, thirty grand is huge. Oh yeah, come on, house. If I miss out on thirty, if I miss out on thirty grand, so it would be worth it. I thought, oh, bloody hell, fair play to you. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. I think that the racist element within Welsh Rugby Union could have been highlighted in a stronger way, I thought. Yeah, I agree with that. I think there's a lot you're supposed to read into the fact that Glenn doesn't want to play for Cardiff. I think you're supposed to yes. read it's a bit of between the lines there. there. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think it's assumed knowledge. I think it's not wanting to get sued, <laughs> which I also don't want to get sued. But yeah. I, I think that you read between the lines and it's obvious why you didn't mm. want to play for Cardiff. And why Bridgend was preferable for him, even though he's a Canton player, which is yeah. part of Cardiff, and he's from Ely, which is part of Cardiff. The easiest route would be to play for Cardiff, especially if they yeah. want you to play for Cardiff. <laughs> yeah. So, exactly. Yeah, but the decision then is quite an interesting one. I think the racist subtext to it isn't quite hammered home enough for me by the yeah. program makers. And that's not a criticism of them. I still think the programme is brilliant. No. It's a 30-minute doc, isn't it? Yeah. I think, I think they do pack the answers that 29 minutes. Yeah. But, um, yeah, there's definitely, they've, they've glossed over, you know. Why did those players the generation before go not? Why, why would Glenn think that? Yes. Well, look, look there's the evidence for you there. Yeah, I think they're, they're just a little bit. That Bridgend team, by the way, who beat Australia, that Australia side only lost to the Midland division. Uh, which is sort of those divisional championship teams that I was talking about a few weeks ago. So the England Midland Division, Munster, and that was it out of the club games. Apart yeah. from Bridgend. The Midland Division would have been like Northampton, Leicester. Yeah, exactly. So the combination really of yeah. all of those sides, basically a quarter of the England team. So yeah, it, it, Bridgend beating them is pretty spectacular. 
and not one that I think that gets spoken about at all. Yeah, it's forgotten. Yeah. See, Bajen got absolutely shattered when when it went to um, Regent. So my mate Budget played down at Bajen, and then they went to Celtic Warriors, didn't they? They sort of combined yes. Bajen with Ponty. Yes. Essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Too far. Yeah, they're not near each other. Yeah. Well, and then and then and then that folded within a, a year, a couple of years. Yeah. Within a year and or two, maybe even a year, maybe even a season. Might have been. Might have been. Might have been one season. Yeah. So now you got no top level rugby being played at the brewery field. Mm. I just. I'm not going to go on with it, but I do. I do think we should have. We should have an eight or ten team proper Premier Division of rugby, and then to get big crowds at the brewery field. Mm. Dad used to take me to the brewery field. Yeah, I've played. I've played. There's a lovely pitch. Yeah, it, yeah, cracking pitch. It is a lovely pitch. What I would say is the gantry was fucking frightening. <laughs> <laughs> I would say that being up there. Where's the worst place to commentate then? Where's the worst ground to commentate from? Well, in terms of scariness of the gantry, the old yeah. the old vetch was right up there. Oh yeah, was it? Yeah, because yeah, there was a ladder that had to be lowered down. Back to the north bank. Yeah. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah. Well, they found that if they didn't raise the ladder up, that people went up the ladder, which yeah <laughs> makes sense because they, they wanted oh, to get at Mark Hazelwood. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Hazelwood, you're a one car. Hazelwood, you're a one car. Hazelwood, you're a one car. Hazelwood. So imagine being on. Shove a- your soccer Sunday. Shove your soccer Sunday. <laughs> shove your soccer Sunday up your ass. Imagine being sat on a sheet of metal. Yeah, at the top of the very top roof part of a stand. So it's like eighty with, feet up. Or yeah, like with that going on under you. Yeah. <laughs> so you, hey, for an hour and a half. Yeah, for an hour and a half. You're the one, get raise the one. You're the one, get. What is that Sheffield City Hall? They said, "Do you want to have a look at on the gantry? Do you want to look at the gantry?" I went, no, <laughs> not really. No, no, no. <laughs> Any worse? Thanks. Too high. No thanks. I always think that when you're in a big theatre, you look up the lighting rigs. And you go, oh no, thanks, no, no, yeah. no, no. Or when you sit in the Millennium Stadium and look at them, look at those walkways along the top of the. Look dome. at how they go no out. Way. Nope. I'm all right, thanks, guys. I was there the once when a couple of times they did this. They used to parrot, they used to sort of abseil off the top. Of oh, the- I'd abseil. That's fine. You got a rope. Oh, I'm in no for that. No problems. No. Um, oh yeah. What, where's the best place to commentate from? That you've commentated from. Where, where were you really looked at? Where was your Chorley Theatre? Where was your? I would so. I would say between. Manchester City Stadium and the Emirates in terms of, I don't think I could eat the amount of food they were trying to give us. Oh, So Man City was the first game Swansea had in the Premier League, if I remember rightly. Yeah, yeah, we got obviously tonked 4-0, which I think was Aguero's first game, come on as a sim. I'd never been to a Premier League match before to, to work on. Got there and I think I may have even worn a suit because I didn't really know what the attire was for these things. Got rinsed by everybody as a result. I can't, I can't even see you in a suit. <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah. So, absolutely hammered by the rest of the team when I get there. And then you get to the bit where you have, like, I don't know, sandwiches. Somebody's gone to a Texaco garage when you're covering Cardiff City or whatever. And they've gone with whatever the leftovers are. Got like a pepperami and, like, cheese and ham. <laughs> exactly. It's that kind of thing. So it's almost a meal deal for you. And you get there. And they, can of Red Bull. There was, there was two options of roast dinner. I think there was a curry. No, and no. then, Ooh. so that's about an hour before kickoff. Go in there, do an hour pre-show. Brilliant, fine, that's all done. Go into commentary, at which point some man taps me on the shoulder and goes, do you want a pie? I was like, you what, mate? Oh. I was like, do you want a pie? I was like, who the fuck are you? He was, he was like, oh, we, I, go, I work here. We, pie man. Yeah, we go and get pies. And then he gave me a bag of sweets while I was talking to him oh. and then went off and got me a pie and brought me back that. And then there were sandwiches then at half time. Fucking amazing. Yeah. The Emirates would only top it because there was a uh, Ben and Jerry's freezer <laughs> Shut up. within the um, 
within the press room that you could go and pint. just take. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Go a pint and someone will thank you off around the back. <laughs> Do you want a glass of wine? <laughs> Do you want to get a shit face? But yeah, ice cream and roast dinners, mate. Oh, anybody's. Like, I think I mentioned before that they used to have like a factory outlet in Vermont. Oh, really? Yeah, I had a girlfriend who was at her family had a place in Vermont and, and a place called um, Montgomery Centre. Yeah. And there was like an outlet. A lot of the stores there, the little stores in the towns, would have like Ben and Jerry's seconds, the stuff they couldn't sell. Mm. Yeah. Like if they had too much toffee in it or too much oh, fudge. Oh, no, too, too much, much fudge. Oh, nothing worse. And it was like a dollar a tub. <laughs> like 60p for the big tubs. Oh, yes, please. Imagine having too much fudge in your bloody... Was it fish food? What's the one then? Yeah. Oh, lush, yeah, like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I like all of them. Yeah. I'll be honest. Yeah, any yeah, Ben and Jerry's, I mean, do you like a Ben and Jerry's? Yeah. yeah, I don't because my body is a temple. <sighs> when was the last time like me by eating Ben and Jerry's? <laughs> when was the last time you had a pot of ice cream? Well, never, <laughs> because that displays weakness, and I am mentally and physically strong. <laughs> Apart from doing the film in a fancy football league, when I eat sweets on the hour every hour, <laughs> and yes, I do put on weight by the end of the series. <laughs> If we do another series for a BT Sports slash whatever they're going to be called, I think we should ask for Ben and... Not, not be divas, Yeah. say, so can we have some Ben and Jerry's? No, because that will be a display of weakness. I am physically and mentally strong. And a big bag of Haribo for Paranus, please. It's a deal breaker. I tell you what, mate, I bet, I bet Glendon eat a lot of shit food because the no, Nicky's no. in, is that? Oh, oh, fair play. 61. He's in great He shape. looks fantastic. He looks great. And I wish I was cool enough. Do you know what? Go on. Obviously, I'm losing my hair a little bit and I'm, I'm sort of holding out for the, for the transplant at some point. Um, one of the made it sound life-threatening your hair loss then I'm holding out for a transplant people would like to donate that'd be great yeah hold on yeah can I just give him page on that um, I can set one up Aid who's one of our listeners was like why don't you just uh, shave the hair off mm. and have a beard you know it'll look good look for you because I put the photograph of me and my dad and my son up yeah and my dad looks pretty good for 78 years of age Bob yeah, looks yeah, yeah. really good yeah I thought yeah but I looked at Age profile, then he looks good with it, but he's in, he's in Nick, you know, he's, he's in good shape. It looks, it, I think, a bald head with a beard, yeah, if you're in shape, yeah, is a good look, yes, agreed. So, Glenn Webb looks great like that, yes, because he's in good Nick, yes. Also, if you're once you're in shape, and I think you have to be black to get away with this, okay, that style of hat that he's wearing looks fantastic. It's a very nice hat, I do like, I don't it. know what it's called, but he looks the business, yes. Yeah, Although, I saw Beckham wear one once, didn't look as good, okay. On Glenn, it looks a lot better, okay. So what are you thinking? You think you're going to shave your head, grow a beard, and get in shape? Problem with like shaving my head and growing a beard is a lot of people are losing their fur to that these days, don't they? What do you mean? Well, a lot of people do that now. Right. I don't oh, you don't, like want, you don't want to look like other people. So then they shave my head and just have a moustache. That looks odd. Cause, cause I, I, <laughs> it, know, it's a look, bit serial killer, yeah. Yeah, you look a bit Charles Bronson. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I would say. There's an agenda there, I would say. Yeah. To having a shaved head and a moustache. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know what to go for. I tell you what, Paulie had a transplant. Yeah, he looks all right. Looks great. Yeah, I wouldn't have said he had a hair transplant. No, not. And I didn't, I, and I thought he didn't need one. So I, I watched a, a, a little clip of us with Ben the other day from two years ago in the nets, and Paulie pre-transplant. Mm. Yeah, he did have a ball patch. There we go. Gone now. Yeah, just do that then. Cricket's Mike Powell. Just do that. Get the hair transplant done. I, I, I got more to. I got more to cover than than Paulie has. Yeah. Where there? Give it a go. Yeah. Okay. I might give it a go. I might give it. Why not? If Mammoth ever gets uh, the green light, yeah, I think I'm going to insist that he wears a wig. I've seen, I've seen the look I like. I like he was a baddie the other day in Rocket Files, and he looked brilliant. 
You're going to wear a wig. Fucking up. Well, I'm not going to, but he he will. There'll be that. That is at risk of the the character Mike <laughs> Bubbins coming through. That is you. And then I'll just start wearing the wig out. I'm not, I'm not telling. <laughs> I've got like a fifty p sized gap in my beard. Oh, I got loads neck. of them, mate. Loads of. I would love to. I'd love that to fill in. Yeah, I've had that since I was since I started shaving. I tell you, it was nice. I did a gig in Milford Haven the other day, as well as Milford Haven being lovely. Yes, the fella that I didn't base marathon, but certainly I was inspired by him. You absolutely didn't base him on it. On him, come on, seriously. But he, but he, but he was the teacher involved in, for instance, the Wimbledon trip. That's fine. But yeah. I met one of the punters came to the gig on Milford Haven. Yeah. I said, would you mind doing me a favour? I said, I said well, it depends what it is. He said, can you do a video for my uncle? Yeah. And it's it, it's it's that teacher. No way. Lives down in West Wales. Oh, wow. I said, I'd love to. So I just basically tell him what, what a great bloke he was and what a fantastic teacher he was and how much I appreciate everything he did for us. Then the next day, he said, I should, I got a text off him saying, not off the teacher, off the, off the punter, saying I showed my uncle the text, uh, Show him the video and he left it. Made his day. I was like, oh, that's made my bloody day, that is. And now he's not going to sue you. That has made my day, mate. Oh, he was my, who was the, um, who was the fellow that uh, Ian Wright talks to? Oh, Mr. Um, Mr. Picton. Picton. Yeah. Yeah. He was like my Mr. Picton. So there we go. So um, Glenn Webb, it's on the Welsh Legends series on BBC Wales. It's on the iPlayer. And, and anyone can watch it. I, I highly recommend that you do. Top man. And next time I see him, I'm going to buy him a pint. Well, he probably won't have one. He'll have a protein shake. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. Right, it is time for this week's book review. Ellis James, what have you got? Okay, I got sent this by my friend Dan Trelfer, who I worked with on Fancy Football League, a really top man, Dan, a big QPR fan. And uh, the book is the books are called because there are two of them, booked and second yellow, uh, the gospel according to our football heroes. So it's a compendium of I think it's 120 footballer autobiographies. Oh yes, please. Which Dan and his friend John Smith have read. So as Tom Davis puts it, an incredible piece of work. This book is like a YouTube highlight reel for autobiographies. And what Frank Skinner says, it's like some old prospector put every footballer's autobiography into a big pan, shook it until only the gold remained oh, and poured oh, into this book. So I was freaking through it. It's only just arrived. The chapter on food and drink is absolutely hilarious. Okay, The Republic of Ireland certainly seems to have been enjoying themselves during their golden period of the late 80s and early 90s. And John Aldridge is quick to credit Jack Charlton's liberal attitude to a few beers. He'd let us drink before games. wouldn't run us too hard in training. He wanted us all to keep our energy for the match. As far as I was concerned, that was good psychology because when the game came along, he wanted to run the beer off. <laughs> Using international football to lose weight. Yeah, yeah. It's a thing here about Neil Ruddock. Ruddock himself claims that while he was at Liverpool and struggling a little bit with his weight, a dietitian recommended he stick to things like sugar puffs. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Sugar puffs, beans on toast and pasta. Jesus, sugar and carbs. Recommending you sugar puffs. That's brilliant. Oh, my God. What was he eating? Talk about bad advice. But what was he eating before? Well, there's a bit on that. 
Jimmy Bullard reckons that Neil Ruddock once kept a food diary for a while at Liverpool and the club worked out that he ate 212 steak and kidney pies per year. That is roughly a pie every 41 <laughs> Have you seen the, the weight he's lost now? Yeah, yeah gastric yeah. band, didn't yeah, he? Fair play to him. Oh, did he? No, he struggled with his weight for a long time, Neil Ruddock. I think he's a gastric band, sir. He looks great. Oh, okay. He's done really well with it. Oh, my God. God, sugar puffs. Such a mad cereal. That's brilliant. <laughs> I recommend. That would have been Steve Ovet's physio that, uh, that uh, suggested that. <laughs> yeah, thing, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. But anyway, so there's, there's two they of them. Really They're really entertaining. Booked the Gospel according to our football heroes and Second Yellow, The Further Adventures of Our Football Heroes by John Smith and Dan Trelfer. Okay, we're doing a live show in Islington. The Assembly Hall is in London on the 22nd of May. There are tickets still available. Please come along and watch us. Can I be berserk? (laughs) Thank you for listening to this week's Socially Distant Sports Bar. There will be another episode for you on Wednesday. Okay, part one of next week's episode will land with you on Wednesday. We will see you then. Goodbye. Goodbye.